Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com I'm a feminist, but today I was in a real hurry to get to the theater, so I didn't have a chance to plan an outfit. So I quickly grabbed the dress I wore to this show in Brisbane last night. <laughs> and I thought, as I walked down onto the stage, some people have been to the show in Brisbane both nights <laughs> and are going to judge me and think, we've seen that dress. <laughs> and I was really self-conscious about it. They're going to be thinking, is that her show dress? <laughs> Does she have no imagination? I've seen her on Instagram. She seems like she likes fashion and she likes... But she's disappointed me <laughs> with the same dress both nights. I genuinely thought that. You're wearing the same dress too. <laughs> oh, sister. That's feminism in action. One of the repeat audience members has declared herself to be also wearing the same dress. <laughs> If that, that really, isn't that feminism, really that what was, is feminism? That was so gorgeous. <laughs> She's came in like, don't worry about it. That was nice. That was really nice. Uh, I am a feminist, but I wish I was objectified more. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean, Steph. I would like to be sexually objectified for an hour a week. <laughs> Genuinely, just start the clock, fill up the tank... And then, how dare you after that? How <laughs> the fuck dare you? So I should probably make a caveat. I want to be objectified more by sevens and above. <laughs> oh! You cannot say sevens and above! <laughs> Steph! This... I said bat. I'm a feminist bat. I said... <laughs> I killed a woman earlier. Like, 
sevens and above. I have Steph. very low self-esteem. I just want a hot guy to be like, hey, mum, and I'll be like... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, yeah. I am a woman. This is gone, really. No, last night's show wasn't like this, Stefan. I think it's I you. I think it is me. <laughs> okay, I'm a feminist, but... Recently, I had a yoga instructor who was so hot. He was very, very handsome, very, very tan, like beachy type. I, I mean, you know. It, yeah. <laughs> and he was very, he was quite commanding. Yeah. The opposite, by the way, of how we want men to be in real life. But he kept sort of instructing in an instructing voice. Do you know what I mean? And then quite a few times he came up and uh, he corrected my alignment. <laughs> With a laying on of hands. Now, I'm a feminist, but I thought about deliberately <laughs> misaligning my warrior too. <laughs> as he was passing by. Just to see if he'd correct the hips. You do one. Uh, I am a feminist, but I did call, I did use a number scale to rate the looks of men. <laughs> you did that, and not only did you do it, you didn't do it discreetly in the dressing room no. amongst friends, where we all know it's a joke. And, you know, like it's not great, but you know, we're not putting that out to the world. We're not. You did it on stage. Mm -hmm. Yep. In front of an audience. I wish I could swallow it back up, but I can't. <laughs> Does it help that I'm feeling really fucking guilty about it? Because yeah. I feel like yeah. That's why we have this confessional section. I'm a feminist, but tonight, when Monique Murphy, who's one of our guests, the amazing Paralympian swimmer, turned up, she had bedazzled her prosthetic leg as she had last time that I met her. Last time she put the guilty feminist on her leg. She, put, she bedazzled the prosthetic. Tonight she turned up and she had bedazzled her leg with the word Deborah. <laughs> and I felt like a fucking rock star. <laughs> I felt like Mick Jagger. I felt like, good. yeah. I'm a feminist, but I did get accused of bullying a baby today. Okay, now... <laughs> information stuff. <laughs> um, okay, look, I'm a comedian. I laugh at shit. That's my whole thing. Like, I've got to laugh at things. Otherwise, you know. Anyway, my friend had a baby. I'm very awkward around babies. I met the baby at two weeks old. As we all know, the ugliest week. And... <laughs> actually my favourite. I think it's the cutest time. You know when they start, to, you know how their first hair rubs off? So yeah. they start losing their first hair and they get milk pimples and that. Mm. I love that stage. Mm. I love it's the cutest, like you can feel them growing and that. Now I met the baby and said, look at him, cute little baldy rash cakes. <laughs> because that's how I would talk to my baby if I had <laughs> And and then we had a falling out today. 
this was a couple of months ago, and um, at the time, she laughed, and then today when we had a falling out, she said, you bullied my baby. <laughs> it doesn't know. It's not bullying, oh, and it's not lowering its self-esteem. It doesn't know. Well, that's what I think, like, to be fair. To be fair. It's a victimless crime. <laughs> Live from the Powerhouse Theatre in Brisbane, the Spontaneity Shop presents The Guilty Feminist with me, Deborah Francis White, guest host, Death to Seven, and our very special guests, Amy Shepherd, Monique Murphy, and Jessica Taylor, talking about the body. in which we explore our noble goals as 21st century feminists and the hypocrisies and insecurities which undermine them. I'm Deborah Francis White. I'm with Steph Tisdale. And, and tonight we're doing a bumper body special. We're talking about different parts of the body. How do you feel about your body? Not great. Uh, it's lumpy. They, I mean, they can see me. For the people at home uh, listening to the podcast... I like wearing moo-moos, and that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> you know, I feel very much that we've all been... We've been trained not to listen to our body, to listen to what it wants, but we've also been trained that if we take our body out and to a professional and say, I've heard what my body said, and it said this, sometimes that professional will tell us, you can't trust your body. No, we, that, yes. I'm talking about sometimes... Doctors and some doctors are incredible, but there are some doctors. Has any just give us a mmm uh, if you've had an experience of telling a doctor something and then feeling not believed? Mm. Give us an mmm if you've never felt that. Only a man. Now, <laughs> interesting though, it's interesting though, <laughs> and I think that's part of it. And then we're billboarded all the time with, you know, oh, your body should look like this, your body yes. should look like that. And it shouldn't. Your body, Steph, should look exactly how it looks. Beautiful. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Let's all get naked. That'll be fun. Just fucking, just like. Oh, I went oil, to. A, I went, you know, I went to Fire Island recently, which is a sort of an Has island. The one from the documentary? No, not the Fire Festival. <laughs> I'm not to the Fire Festival. I went to... It's an island off Manhattan that's part of... I think it's part of Long Island, and it's a long sandbag. It's really only open in the summer, and it's where gay men go to party, basically. And when I was there, I got taken to an underwear party, which meant that you, I had to check my dress at the door. You know the way you check your coat? Of course you don't. You're from Brisbane. But you don't have coats. You don't own coats. Uh, but you know when you have a cardigan in the winter, on the cold day of winter... <laughs> Say you went into a club and they said you can't bring that cardigan in here, which they never would. It, you need to check it at the door, right? Or, you know, you, it's not a relatable piece of comedy. And, but they made me check my dress. They made me take my dress off, put it in a plastic bag, and they gave me a bit of a, a number which I slipped into my bra. And off I went in pants and a bra. Was it really empowering? And by pants, I don't mean trousers. I mean knickers. <laughs> or what do you call underwear? Yeah, undies. Panties, undies, Yeah. But I think dancing in my underwear was one of the most liberating experiences. I said no at first, obviously. Yeah, of course. I said no. We hate ourselves and nobody can look at our shame. Yes. But you know what? As a woman, is that relatable? Yeah. <laughs> Just me? But, 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think sometimes it's really easy as feminists to go, I love my body, I love it all the time. I'm body positive, I'm body acceptance, I fat acceptance, I'm blah, blah, blah. And if the truth is not really that, I think it's actually sometimes liberating to go, I'm a feminist, but I don't feel those things. But yeah. the way to feel them more is, I've discovered, dance in your underwear. Nice. Now, there's no a straight equivalent of the underwear party because straight men would ruin it. But <laughs> we all know it's true. We all know it's true. <laughs> but dancing with gay men, there were only men that were there were gay or straight. There was one man there that was straight, but he was straight but not narrow, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Which is very much how I identify. <laughs> if you're listening at home, I've slid on my reading glasses because I happen to know that I'm more attractive to women in them <laughs> due to the emails I've received. <laughs> I think it's a librarian thing, you know? Mm. So, librarian glasses, hair up, right? Hair up. Can you just hold my mic for a second? Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, and then, now I'm going to take the glasses off and let my hair down like I'm in a 1945 screwball comedy. <laughs> Actually, let's put it a little bit later just to get us out of the war. I don't want this to be sad. Uh, a 1949 screwball comedy. So I'm going to be a very strict librarian who yes. goes, shh, in my library. Yep. And then you bring up your book, Steph. Could you just ad lib here? Yep. Just. <laughs> and then I, I see that the book that you're reading, that you want to check out, is my favourite book. <laughs> and then... To see the book better, I take my glasses off and magically shake my head down. <laughs> Told you, more attractive to women. There we are. I'm glad we did that. <laughs> hello, 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 Brisbane! My birth. Well, I was born here in Redcliffe. I mean, a massive excitement for Redcliffe there. Give us a cheer if you're from Redcliffe. I was only there for the first 10 days, but what I remember of it was lovely. Charming, charming. There was a beach. That's all I remember. I uh, Give us a cheer if you've come from Brisbane tonight, a part of Brisbane. Sure, if you've come from not Brisbane, where have you come from? Lismore. You know we're doing one on the Gold Coast. Yeah, I feel like this is. You didn't want to go to the Gold Coast. I get it. Uh, anyone from anywhere else? From where? Dublin. Dublin. You haven't come specially for this. You did not come. We come, We play Dublin all the time. Um, thank you for coming, though. Really do. Has anyone travelled today to get to here that doesn't... The Gold Coast? We're, again, we're playing the Gold Coast tomorrow night. And it's not sold out. So if you could come again tomorrow night to the Gold Coast, that would be helpful. Oh, you are? Okay, fine. Okay. Mackay. Thank you. Well done. Where, what was that? Oh, the Sunshine Coast. Hello. Anyone else in from the Sunshine Coast? We should come up there next time. There'd be at least 
Yeah, there'd be at least 10 of us. It would be... Just go out for dinner. Uh, and seriously, if anyone's interested in coming to the Gold Coast tomorrow night... No, ser- I'm deadly serious. Because this whole tour has sold out, or near as damn it will sell out, bar the Gold Coast, where I was raised. So I left Brisbane when I was four. That was a big mistake. I should never have left home. But I... No, I, my family moved there when I was four. Just to be clear, and uh, that is very much the only show that hasn't sold out because a prophet is never accepted in her hometown. I... Listen, I am not saying I'm Jesus. Uh, he only had 12 followers. I've got like 45,000 on Instagram, so... Now, just give us a cheer if you came to the show last night here in Brisbane. I, I... <laughs> not many of them, but they're very keen. And... Which you know, they've been here two nights. So thank you so much for coming back. I, thank you. I did promise you the whole show's going to be different, which it is going to be different. It's going to be very different. Some of this bit might be the same. I, don't, I haven't done anything. Have I done anything the same so far? Yeah. Very judgmental. I mean, I've got to say hello, gang. I didn't do this whole bit about where are you from last night. I did, I did, I did, but I've got to plug the Gold Coast show again. And the, the way that I did the profit joke last night was different. It was at a different place. It was a slightly different context. I've recontextualized. You know most comedians just in the same 20 minutes in an identical fashion. And last night, I improvised all of the stand-up that I did. You know that five points for that man? Completely ad-libbed. I cannot replicate it because I can't remember it. So what I would ask you, sir is to lower your expectations. <laughs> if indeed you are a sir, I do not want to impose gender upon you. Um, are you a sir? Yeah. I knew that not from the timbre of your voice, but from what you said. I... Men, 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 men. Coincidentally, my favourite sitcom. Really not, really not, really. Really, really very little comedy in that situation for me. Um, so if you, sir, if you see... What's your name? There's, it's too late now, so you have participated of your own free will. And uh, what's your name? Ron. Ron, thank you. Thank you for coming twice, though, Ron. To be fair to Ron... To be strictly fair to you, Ron, you've been twice. Is it, though, because a woman has brought you to educate you? Or did you come of your own free will? at home and you didn't hear what Ron said but knew it was something because of the reaction he said I've brought a different woman each night um Ron we're going to need more information as a group I am aware that sometimes this is a second date show I can't tell you the amount of times I've ended up talking to someone in the audience or finding out 
that a woman was brought by a man who was clearly trying to impress her to get her into bed because he has gifted her comedic feminism. <laughs> I guess what is happening? I mean, they say that's not what's happening. They say, oh no, I just love the guilty... It's, I think it's a real date thing. It's really like... I think men put it on their Tinder bios. Big fan of the guilty feminist. What? Oh my God. You're a feminist? Definitely yes. And then they've got to follow through with tickets to the show. You know, yada, yada, yada. I'm pretty sure... Ron, I do not wish to impose, imply, project. So you tell me your story in your own words. Good, it's going well so far for Ron. Beyond the second date, 10 years. So if you're listening at home, Ron has a partner, wife or partner? Don't want to impose. We use both, okay. Then wife, okay. Um, All right, so Ron's wife of a decade, well beyond the second date, who is pregnant? You might think that's an irrelevant detail. Ron doesn't. He wants you to know that is locked down. Locked down. So he has brought his pregnant wife, and that was last night? Tonight. Is she finding out for the first time, (laughs) sitting next to you here, that last night you were with another woman? Or did she know about last night? Ron brought his mum last night. We love you, Ron. We love you, Ron. Ron, if only you hadn't brought your wife. Your sex appeal has rocketed, Ron! There are some feminists in this audience who are halfway there, Ron. Didn't do any of this material last night, did I, Ron? Oh, Ron. What a man, though. What a man. What a, what a man. If only we all had such a man who would buy tickets for their mother for a feminist show on Saturday and, that, and us on this. I mean, it's, incre- it's incredible. Well done, Ron. Well done. Seriously, though, Ron. We do love you. We love you, Ron. What do you do, Ron? Do do, Ron, Ron? <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't stop myself. I wanted to. I tried to stop myself. And I think you need to know that I tried. I tried. I have an impulse control problem there. I just went, don't, don't, don't. Oh, it's happened. I was halfway there, Ron. That's not the sound I make when I orgasm. Just to be clear, be clear in case anyone was wondering. It's probably the only thing I haven't told you on the podcast in four years. I, I give away too much. Um... What do you do, Ron? A teacher. Who do you teach? Year two. He teaches small children because he is an empathetic carer. Like 99% of the women you know. But he is a man. 
and he has shed his toxicity like it's a scarf he doesn't need <laughs> thrown it to the wind Ron oh. oh there's probably a woman in the audience tonight who's brought her mum and his teacher yeah <laughs> teacher and you'd brought your mum we'd love you but we wouldn't want to make a calendar of you because we have different expectations for women we want to make a calendar of Ron January to December because a different pose each time one with his wife one of him reading my book one of him teaching the children because we have different expectations for men and we expect so much less of them that when they deliver anything at all we're just like you're the Messiah. <laughs> and you're not wrong. That's me. We've covered that. Please, welcome to the stage, the incredible Steph Tisdall! really cool to be here. I am not the bitch that I have come across as. Um, uh, it's a strong set, I'd say. Um, <laughs> why did I continue with it? I should have left it, didn't. Um, I'm a very proud Aboriginal woman. history I can imagine that would have been the same sort of noise in the past but with pitchforks so <laughs> some <laughs> do we have any black fellas in tonight three um <laughs> no I'm a very very proud Aboriginal woman but I have to tell you this one thing right I have a terrible habit of using humor when I feel uncomfortable hence bullying a baby but also <laughs> I get myself into some weird situations and um, I don't really, okay, there's really no kind of getting around it, but I feel safe in this area. I have to tell you, I was recently in a very uncomfortable situation. I was, uh, I was getting a pap smear and um, just for fun, mind you, just walked in. <laughs> said, look, if you've got some time, can you give it a smear? Um, <laughs> I think it's papus smearus in Latin. And... Um, <laughs> No, I walked in, I said, oh, yeah, well, I had to get a pap smear. Now, the doctor could obviously tell that I was super uncomfortable, right? And so she thought she would make some general chit-chat to make me feel better. And uh, while she was elbow deep in me, she said, um... <laughs> she said, can I just ask, what's your heritage? And I was like, why, what the fuck did you find? <laughs> <laughs> it's a chicken wing of all things, so... Um, sorry, that's hideous. It was a drumstick. I'm not a heathen, but... I, I told her I'm a proud Aboriginal woman, and then as I left, I realised I had just missed the perfect opportunity to do a welcome to country, so... <laughs> Thank you.
thought I might just tell you because this is the body special. Is um, all right. I'm gonna. All right. Um, do we have any like busty women in? I just want to let you know also, like, don't stress. Like, sometimes when people see people go, yeah, like, I'm not recruiting. Um, <laughs> just building a human raft, need all the points that we can get. Um, <laughs> I, um, I, I'm a double J, and um, that's fucked. And um, <laughs> I think we can all agree a double J is not a brass size, it's a radio station. <laughs> down there sometimes like one time I lost a sandwich fuck it came out toasted um, <laughs> currently incubating some chicken eggs um, <laughs> no, but, so bras are very expensive my favourite bra broke right and uh, I was really worried about where my nipples would be placed for you so I had to go and buy a bra today uh, just from Target bought a fucking tarp and um, <laughs> and for those of you listening at home, this is going to get visual because I have to show you this. <laughs> but I will describe what is going on right now. Also, <laughs> uh, Deborah is looking. Um, so this is the bra. <laughs> this is the tub that I got. And uh, check this out. What the fuck is that? But I, <laughs> and I got thinking about it, right? Because I, I hate having big boobs. I always used to be real shame about them because people would always go, <laughs> big tits, you know. Um, and you can't turn around and go, small tits, that's bullying. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, but, but I've decided I'm going to try and use this to my advantage. Like, I'm going to put a face on it <laughs> and become a ventriloquist and just do it. <laughs> Clarence and Steph. <laughs> But Clarence is real cheeky, you know? Um, <laughs> but also, I thought, I'll make some money off it. Maybe I could start, like, producing my own milk, you know? Like, I don't know the science, but I feel like I should be able to produce more. That's my thing, right? And I just figure, you know how vegans can't drink dairy because they can't get consent from the animal? <laughs> if I was very consenting, you know, hey, have a sip. Surely that'd help. But I, um, no, but I did also think, I went, you know what? Uh, I know how Australians think, so um, I'll start creating my own cheese. Um, maybe I'll call it coon cheese. Take it off the fucking shelves! Don't fucking buy it, take it off the shelves. If you're offended by the joke, don't eat the fucking cheese. It's not a last name. Yes! Thank you! Thank you, thank you, Deb. I think I am finished. Thank you very much. Thank you.
when you say I think I'm finished, do you mean finish my set or do you think I, I think I'm cancelled? I think that's <laughs> the cheat If you're listening internationally, there is a brand of cheese in Australia yes. called Coon Cheese. Yes. And let me just, sorry, just a bit of education. Uh, people go, oh, it's the last name. It's not even. Look into the history of it. There was a guy from America whose last name was Coon and he had a particular way of creating his cheese. Nothing to do with the factory that created cheese in Australia. They were just like, oh, he uses that process. Right. And then they called it Coon Cheese. Also, it just doesn't matter what the history of it is. Just change it. Absolutely. Just, just, just change Fucking it up. because it's also a slur. Yes. Like, so what's it going to cost you? And you know what? I'm trying to take the word back. Yeah. I'm trying to take the word back and make people feel shocked to hear it. If I know that people are shocked to hear it, I go, mm. at least they aren't the kind of people who would use it against me. Does mm. that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Thank you so much to everyone who's contributing via Patreon. We had our second monthly Zoom hangout last week for our top patrons, and we're doing a special hangout for all patrons on the 2nd of July at 8pm London time. Places are limited on that, so look out for a message coming via Patreon very soon. And we have new merch coming, which will be exclusive to Patreon supporters for the first two weeks. On Sunday, the 28th of June, I will be on Sunday morning live on BBC One, British television, talking to Sally Phillips and Sean Fletcher. So join me for that. I'm also on the Cameo app where I can make videos for friends and relatives and 100% of the fee goes to Choose Love. So far, we've made $4,500 for Choose Love. So thank you to everybody who has booked a Cameo video. And finally, my book is available as a book, an ebook, or an audio book, wherever you buy those things. It's called The Guilty Feminist. And if you would like to support me, but are not supporting Patreon, please check that out. And now back to the podcast. Put your hands together and make incredible welcoming noises for Amy Shepherd and Jay from the band Shepherd. Too bad I'm not your Bobby doll. Can't 
insecurities I know he can be conquered So pour out all the potions and the teas They keep supplying, we keep on buying Almost like it's out of our control I've gone and said it, I don't regret it It's too bad I'm not your Bobby doll K-I-S-S, you can kiss my fat ass the Guilty Feminist stage. Thank you very much, Jay. Amy, come and join us on the panel. Yes. Amy Shepard, everybody. That was awesome. Come take a seat. That was so cool. It was so good. Thank you. Thank also you. on our panel today, uh, Monique Murphy is a swimmer and Paralympic silver medalist. She is also an ambassador for the Endometriosis Association of Queensland, working to support women and their loved ones and educating workspaces and sporting teams about the condition. And Jessica Taylor, who is the president of the Endometriosis Association Queensland, which aims to provide education, information and support to women affected by the condition. Please put your hands together and join us in welcoming Monique and Jessica! <laughs> Hello! Come take a seat. Hi, I'm Monique Murphy. You might remember me from last year. Very excited to be back here. And I brought two of my wonderful friends. Hello, I'm Jessica Taylor and I'm the president of Quendo, which is uh, the longest running endometriosis organisation in Australia. Wow. And I'm Amy Shepard from Brisbane Band Shepherd. And I started a movement last year called Kiss My Fat Ass. Wonderful. So we're going to start with Monique Murphy. Now, Monique joined us in Brisbane a year ago. Uh, Monique, you're a para-athlete. And I know that's not what you're here to talk about tonight. You're here to talk about endometriosis. But could you give us a quick update on what you've been doing since we heard from you last? So last year, it was about April, so a few months after we met, I qualified for my fifth Australian swim team. Yay! Yes! Uh, so I was heading off to the World Championships in London and I was really frustrated because I wasn't swimming well. So I finally put my foot down and told my doctor I wanted to see a specialist. 
and a few weeks later I had a laparoscopy and was diagnosed with endometriosis and adenomosis. And a few weeks after that, I had um, this lovely lady chase me down on the street and ask me to be a part of a body positivity music video. And I thought, yep, that's clearly because I don't have a leg, so they'll just focus on the prosthetic and that sounds fine. And after contacting quite a few Amy Shepherds on Instagram that weren't actually the Amy Shepherd, <laughs> I found out that she wanted to do this incredible video with all these women dancing in their underwears. And I thought, fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> but by then I felt I was too far down the rabbit hole and they were clearly at the point where they were harassing strangers on the street. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I really felt like I needed to do that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but that, you know that story I told about Fire Island? Dancing yes. about, I found it so liberating and I thought, why do we ever dance in clothes? Like, I actually <laughs> loved it. I really, really loved it. And my first response was also no. But I actually loved it. Did you love it when you were doing it? Absolutely. By the end of the day, um, I remember I had to go grab something for my car and I almost ran out into the streets of Brisbane in just my underwear <laughs> because I forgot that we're meant to wear clothes. Because mm, we just felt... It's so easy Amy to Amy had this amazing ability to just make everyone feel so at home mm. and comfortable in our own skin. I, I met somebody the other day who runs um, life drawing, like oh, em yes. empowerment through like life drawing. And I was like, I reckon that's my... I, I have this whole thing about I want to feel good within myself mm -hmm. because I need to be at ease with myself. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? And um, thank you. <laughs> Who is it? I'll find him later. <laughs> I need friends. I lost that one today because the baby is it. Um, <laughs> but this woman was, uh, she was running this workshop about like life drawing and said it's as empowering and vulnerable for the painter mm. as it is for the model, and she was telling a story, like, similar in your Fire Island story, um, Fire Festival, whatever it was, um, <laughs> and your, your story about dancing in your underwear, which, by the way, so cool that you did that. She said that she had somebody who was in the room painting a life model who was a, like, a plus-size model who was all about body positivity, and this woman drew this beautiful picture of her, came in the next week and said, hey... I love myself now. She said, oh, that's beautiful. What happened? She said, well, I got to look at a woman and find every beautiful shadow in her mm. body and every shape and really learn the true beauty of who we are down to the, mm. like, you know. And she said, and then I looked at myself in the mirror this week and went, oh, I have that. Mm. And I thought it was super, super, super empowering. So there's something about mm. being... Liberate or other people allowing you to feel liberated yeah. in that moment. It's a really interesting insight that it's good to be mm. the model and it's good to be the artist. Yeah. And we should all do both. Yeah. Let's do it now. <laughs> Everyone, kiss off. Um. I had a, uh, I saw somebody post this on, uh, it was one of those sort of silly um, pages that I get annoyed with where it's like motivational quotes, just the background is just a mountain or some shit. Um, <laughs> But I saw a really, really, really good quote and it said, uh, look back at a photo of you five years ago and if you love how you looked in that photo, think about if you loved yourself at that time mm -hmm. and if you didn't, it's not how you look, it's the mm -hmm. thoughts. It's the lens, yeah. Yeah. When we were doing the video, what was really interesting is there were little segments where each of us had to go out in front of the camera on our own and just sort of dance around mm. and watching the other women do that. And we had a woman who had just given birth six weeks, I think, before this video. And, you know, when I was watching her and the other women dancing, I wasn't looking at their legs or their stomachs or anything. I was just like, they look so beautiful and proud and amazing. And I thought, when I get out there, all I'm thinking about 
is my stomach and my thighs and mm-hmm. my thing. But I thought if I can just be happy and dance in my underwear the way I do at home, that's going to shine through brighter than what I'm noticing in my own imperfections because I wasn't picking that up from the other girls when they're out there. Mon, you were beautiful. You were just amazing. <laughs> but I was also, just copying you. <laughs> they're, they're really not imperfections. They're not. Nothing's normal. Everybody's different. But it is not standard or not typical for a woman's stomach to be concave. If you've got a concave stomach, that's one thing you can have. But it is not standard or typical. That is something we are sold. It is not an imperfection for a stomach to be round, for a belly to be rounded. It isn't. I know we've all got this strange training in our brain that we think our thighs are an imperfection. They're not an imperfection. They're just thighs. And thighs come in all shapes and sizes. And some thighs have dimply skin on them. It isn't an imperfection. When men go into a funding situation, so like Monique, if you're going in to ask for funding as a Paralympian, I think in those situations, I'm not saying men never think these things about their bodies. Men do. But if they're going in for a funding application, they are not signalled that anything cosmetic is relevant. And we are going, if only, oh, I've tried on three outfits, I can still see my hips. (laughs) What? Well, that's the bit that goes from there without... <laughs> How would your legs stay on, though? Otherwise, it's just... And I think we're, we're, we're... You can't... If we're hating ourselves all the time, it is doing something to us, and it is undermining us. Tell us about endometriosis. <laughs> Smooth segue. Um, so, when I got diagnosed, which was May of last year, it was just a word that I'd heard sort of being floating around, and... I think I'd started following Quendo on Instagram and just reading a bit more about what women were going through and it was just sort of like that checklist, like, yep, I, I have back pain, yep, I've got stomach pain, I've got irregular periods, and I was just ticking all these boxes. So, I... Hold on, sorry, can you please go through them because I feel like I... <laughs> all right. Could you I'm give us the symptoms joking. again? Yeah, 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 give us the symptoms again. Um, so what endometriosis is, is the lining of the uterus is being deposited around the pelvis. So it's not in the uterus anymore, it's going out around. And Jess will take over because she's much more... <laughs> Jess. I just want to clarify. Yes. <laughs> so, so Jess Taylor is the president of the Endometriosis Association of Queensland, an expert. Jess, tell us everything. <laughs> so I'm not a doctor, I will uh, preface that. And we're also Australia-wide, I'll also plug that. Um, <laughs> so endometriosis is where tissue that's similar to the lining of the uterus is found in other parts of the body. So people might have it along their nasal cavity. It might They might have it in their have bowel. What? <laughs> it travels throughout the body uh, <gasps> and implants somewhere. And then it just has a party, pain, bleeding. This is the crazy shit I've this ever is heard spe- of. I've, I did not know. But it doesn't leave. It's the friend that doesn't ever leave your body. So there's no cure for the disease. And it can present in so many different ways. It can present if someone's had a trauma and then they might have heavy bleeding, they might have some clotting, they might have lower back pain. So, Monique, you're putting your hand up there. Is the trauma because you had an accident? accident. If you haven't listened to the episode where Monique talks about her response to an accident where she lost her leg from the knee down? Yeah, below the knee. Lost her leg from below the knee was that she decided, I probably should just go to the Paralympics. Um... (laughs) Which is how I respond when I have an accident. I think I'll just become more sporty. Um, But that accident was obviously very traumatic and that's triggered endometriosis in you because God's a charmer. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, well. so my doctor is Dr. Graham Chonk, who he's a Ron. Let's just put that out there. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely Dr. Ron. amazing. Um, but yeah, no, so he believes that the trauma and the stress from that accident. So I didn't have a period for a while. And the first one that I did have was horrifically painful. And I remember I didn't have any pads on me. I was in the rehab centre down in Melbourne. And I went out to the front desk and the nurses on call that night, um, you know, they were a bit older. And when I said, oh, I need some pads for my periods, they all had a bit of a laugh. And they were like, it's okay, honey, come with us. Took me around to the s- supply closet. And she looks at me and goes, so we don't actually have any pads, but we do have the bladder control nappies for the elderly. <laughs> oh. And we'll give you the men's ones because they're not quite so bulky. <laughs> of course they're not. <laughs> so... I, I had to, thankfully I had a friend come the next day with some pads that I actually wanted and I just tucked the male incontinence nappies in the drawer and they weren't found until we were packing up and leaving and my dad opens up the drawer uh-huh. going, what are these? I was like, oh, I just got them for you because you'll need them soon. <laughs> so endometriosis often uh, can lay dormant. Uh, in young teenage girls and some people who uh, might have a a really painful period, all those symptoms from onset of their cycles. In other people, the symptoms don't rear their ugly heads until there's some kind of trauma. We don't know. Researchers are trying so hard to work out what is actually going on and why does all this happen. The leading idea is that it is genetic. There's a 70% chance of passing it on to other family members and the other 30% is environmental. But not through sneezing. That's important. (laughs) Genetic, yeah. So you can pass it on through giving birth to someone. No, I'm sorry. I just like the way you worded it. I'm a dickhead. No, no, just just to be incredible. You cannot catch it. It is not an STI. (laughs) Okay, all right. So what do you need to be looking out for? Give us symptoms. Don't give us symptoms, but (laughs) tell us, explain the symptoms. So if someone is having a period where they're in pain and the pain goes for more than two days of their cycle Mm -hmm. and it cannot be managed by simple Panadol, Nurofen and a heat pack, that warrants further investigation. Mm -hmm. If you're having pain on intercourse, if you're having pain through a bowel motion or while you're urinating, that is not normal. None of that's normal and so many girls and women in our community think it is normal because... They put pain down to being normal and a part of being a female. And I think one of my most frustrating experiences with it is when I found out I needed the surgery, the first people I had to tell, obviously, called my mum. But then it's like, well, I've got three months until the world championships. I need to tell my coach. I need to tell the staff on the team. I need to tell the doctors on the team. And they're all men. And their general response is, do you really need it? Can't you just train through it? Like, and I mean, I have not performed at my best in a good three years. So when I competed at the Rio Paralympics, I had my first period in two years just before those games. So that was the real onset. I look back at it now and I'm like, that was all endo. Mm. And, you know, I'd be in tears at training and my coach would just be like, is it pain or are you just sore? Mm. And just... They just want the results. Can I animate this? So you know the game Fruit Ninja? (laughs) The game Fruit Ninja? Fruit Ninja, where the fruit pops down and you get your... So imagine uh, the fruit I don't actually know. Can you just say the fruit pops down and... The fruit pops down and you have bombs. Oh, you slice it with a knife. You slice it with a knife. This is an online game, yeah. Like an app. (laughs) And um, It's not one where someone comes to the house and... (laughs) 
Christmas present. Sorry, just checking. So imagine that fruit uh, is your uterus. Oh, no. Yeah. And you have bombs. I don't bombs want to do that, please, Jessica. And you're swiping. Can you I was stop? wondering where you were going with it. Yeah. Can so you that... please stop? Uh, so imagine the fruit is my uterus, and then what? It drops down. So in the game... And I have to slice it with a knife. That's what, and that's what it feels like. So oh. all coming down, and knives are going everywhere, and bombs are going off, and that's what some people feel. That's the pain okay. some people feel. And we should say this can affect women, but also trans men and non-binary people who... Anyone with a uterus, yeah. Anyone with a uterus. So if you are having these symptoms, because I think a lot of the times we're coded to think, oh, your period's going to really hurt. And we just think we have very painful periods Mm -hmm. because there's an expectation that women and other people with uteruses should uh, expect a lot of pain and no one's really going to do anything for that. It's just if, the joy of being a woman. Yeah, if it was... That's a, what my coach it, would say. It's just the joy of being yeah. a woman. And if it was a condition that affected cis men, I think it would be cured by now, honestly. <laughs> just the regular period. Amen. I'm not talking about endometriosis. I'm talking about periods would have been cured by now. <laughs> I, I have a theory, Deb. Please, tell and me more. <laughs> I may be testing out a bit. I have a theory about um, helping with like, teenage pregnancy... Um, you know how we, we sort of push um, mm. women to get contraception, which requires pre-planning? Maybe we should just set a government campaign to shame men from coming inside of women and then have the campaign just say, hey, mate, come off it. <laughs> you like that? Yeah. Thank you. I Sorry, I did just test a bit. I shouldn't no, have done that. No, I lo- you're on a comedy podcast. You can test any bit you want, babe. Um, I did want to ask, though. Sorry. Yeah, no. (laughs) Sorry, I I don't know why I went down that track. Is it... (laughs) That's quite womanly of me. I apologise a lot, right? Is that... Oh, is that something you have, yeah, you have to untrain yourself? That, com- that's com- yeah, completely, completely. Most of us do it a little bit too much. Mm. But it's a bit like dancing in your pants. You get over it by getting over it, by yeah. doing something different, by choosing yeah. to do the uncomfortable thing until it becomes comfortable. Someone mm. said to me the other night, do the uncomfortable thing until it becomes boring. Nice. Mm. When dancing publicly in your pants becomes boring, <laughs> that's when you don't need to do it anymore. Continue. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, it's really interesting, certain things trigger a certain response from me, right? And this in particular, when you see something that you go, that's a very predominantly female health concern, and when you focus on that, you go, oh, fuck, we still need a bit of help. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, we're still not where we need to be. For you, before you got involved with Endo um, Research and, and running this amazing organisation, which... Thank you, by the way. There's a lot of people who've probably really benefited from it. Did you sort of notice your, your like, anger rising or, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, so I was the kind of person who would be writing campaigns in year two and, you know, I was out... And well, then when you were six, you were an activist. <laughs> I was an activist at six. Bless you. And thank you. Yeah, Another so, six-year-old activist. <laughs> so I have my own struggle with endometriosis, right? Just the pain was just so incredible. And I would faint because I was in pain. And this is a really common thing that people just mm. think is, oh, okay, I just fainted. I'll just get on with my life. So over the years of doctors telling me it's my appendix, uh, my mum telling me it was fine, it was a part of being a female, I got really angry. And I think when you go through that journey of diagnosis, you grieve. Mm. 
Mm. And you grieve the option and the choice and the decisions to make your own health um, decisions, I guess. And so when I was finally told that there's a reason for what's going on with my body, I thought, my God, I can't be the only one out there. But do you feel a responsibility to also educate people on the sort of the feminist side of things? Because it's obviously so related, that attitude of that's just part of being a woman. And I think that's such a relatable thing, you know, like of... Just people, that's just exactly what people say, you know, like even when it comes down to things like sex, for example. Or Brazilian waxing. Yes, fucking <laughs> I, fuck that. No. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, sorry. On that note, can I just say, I had a Ron in my past, not that Ron, wasn't that Ron. I had a Ron in my past who changed everything for me. So I, I don't know why I'm telling this is, I can't believe I'm telling this group of people this. I used to. <laughs> I used to shave me bits and then, and then I met a Ron and I was doing the things with the Ron and then the do-Ron Ron it was called. Yep. And, <laughs> and, and he said, to, I said, oh, sorry, I'm a bit spiky and I should have shaved again. He went, no, why the fuck would I want you to look like a prepubescent girl? You should be hairy because you're a woman. And now I don't get Brazilian waxes. Good for you. Mm. Good on you. Is there anything anyone came to say they don't feel they said that they would like to leave on the table? I think it's okay to question things when you go... I've seen over 20 doctors before I found one who would listen to me. And it's okay to question and to keep pushing. Mm -hmm. And then it's okay to go back and re-educate them. And... Mm. (laughs) And... And to any hard-working doctors who are in our audience or listening internationally, we also love you, we need you, we respect you, we absolutely do. And to doctors who don't listen or just say it's just normal to have the kind of pain where you faint for your period, please, 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 please test people for endometriosis. How, how do you get tested? That's the thing is to be diagnosed, you have to have a laparoscopy. So I had four incisions and... I think Graham said that they found so much endometriosis, whenever they had to remove it, they had to take about three to four centimetres of tissue with it. So now what I'm dealing with is what we think is a whole lot of scar tissue and adhesions, mm. which is making it very hard to like eat any food because I get all these IBS symptoms, mm. very hard to train. I've since moved clubs. I now have um, Tracy Menzies is my coach, who is Ian Thorpe's former coach. Hey. Um, <laughs> absolutely. One of, like, one of our only female coaches who's been at an Olympic level um, and, fingers crossed, hopefully Paralympic this year. But I knew I had to change coaches because I wasn't getting the support and I didn't really have the time to educate and train at the same time. And it's something that I'm working with Jess and a few other Olympic and para swimmers to educate not just swimming coaches but other coaches because it's so heavily majority men Mm. and we shouldn't be pushing through that pain. We shouldn't be pushing through... And you said that there's four people on the team with endometriosis? Yeah, so I think the stats are one in nine women, roughly, on our team. So there'll be one in nine women on your team? No, it's more on our team. Like, we definitely have a higher percentage. So I think being an athlete, there is so much stress, there is so much, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've put on weight through this process. I'm on a lot of hormonal medications to suppress a period, put on weight. I've got a race next week. I'm freaking out about putting on a suit to race in. I'm freaking out about seeing all the male coaches next week on my training camp because I know what their first comments are going to be. What? So. <laughs> Thank you. If you were listening at home, that heckle from a number of 
corners of the audience was fuck them. Um, a very Australian sentiment. So this is, where, this is where I just go and watch the video that I did with Amy and just, you know, mm. remind myself that. Yeah, because you, like in the music industry, in the sporting biz, there is this pressure. It's this, an old uh, school thought and standard of what an athlete should look like mm-hmm. and screw that. <laughs> you guys are fucking awesome. Like, yeah. so fucking cool. You guys are the best. Jessica? Thank you. First, one in nine, just as common as diabetes and asthma, right? That's where it starts on endo. Second, it's not all doom and gloom. Really highly successful people can have endometriosis and manage it super, super well, which leads me to my last comment. You need to create a toolbox around you. Have a toolbox as women we need to be able to refer throughout our whole life of key people who know what's going on for us, who are there to uphold our values and really help us on our healthcare journey regardless of whatever's going on for you. So if you're a woman or someone of a minority gender, uh, you may be in this audience tonight or you may be listening globally. There will be lots of people listening who have endometriosis who do not know they have endometriosis. If you think you might go to your doctor if the doctor doesn't listen tell them to listen or go to another doctor or go to quendo the the instagram page for quendo has got a lot of quendo um, quendo q e n d o so it's that's queensland endometriosis yes. so wherever yeah. you are in the world find the one for you if you're in this audience probably quendo is your friend it has been absolutely incredible to have this panel could we have a huge round of applause for amy shepherd and if you're listening Globally, Shepherd is spelt S-H-E-P-P-A-R-D and the video for Kiss My Fat Ass is on YouTube. Um, big round of applause for Jessica Taylor. Check out the Endometriosis Association in Queensland and in Australia or wherever you are around the world. And silver medalist and I am sure future medalist as a Paralympian and all-around incredible woman, Monique Murphy. Thank you so much. You're all going to stay up here because it is now time uh, for Grace Petrie. Big round of applause the incredible last legend, Grace Petrie. Thank you very much. Cheers. So it's um, it's the uh, we're recording this on the eve of Valentine's Day. Oh, that went over well, didn't it? <laughs> Fucking hell! Sorry, guys. Uh, so I thought I'd sing you a love song. Um, so uh, I was just want to check: have we got any fans in the room of uh, Carl Sagan? Yeah, some in. Um, so if you don't know Carl Sagan, Carl Sagan was a very famous cosmologist. Um, and he did lots of amazing things in his career. He worked for NASA for many years. And, uh, and one of the things he did is he worked on Voyager 1 and Voyager 2, um, which uh, were our space probes that they sent out into the universe never to return. They're never supposed to return. They're supposed to take photographs of the universe and transmit them back to Earth. Um, and it occurred to Carl Sagan's team at NASA that if, if they were going to make these things and send them out into space and never to come back, then there was a chance a very small chance, but a chance that they might be discovered by aliens, right? So they decided to put something on board Voyager 1 and Voyager 2 that would tell the story of Earth and and humanity and who we had been. And because this was in 1977, the form that that took was a vinyl record. (laughs) 
and onto that vinyl record, they recorded uh, greetings in, in loads of different languages and uh, samples of what they considered to be the best music that humans had ever produced, and then loads of sort of lovely hippie stuff like birdsong and, and the sound of a mother kissing her newborn baby for the first time. Um, and they recorded all these things together and they put them onto a vinyl record which they gold-plated and they put one on board Voyager 1 and one on board Voyager 2. And I love this story for so many reasons. Um, and one of them is definitely the fact that in the 70s, this is just the kind of shit they spent government money doing, you know? <laughs> making making mixtapes for hypothetical aliens. <laughs> My government won't pay for essential services. Um, so the person who was in charge of collecting all these pieces of music and sound together, the cultural curator of that project, was a woman named Anne Drian. And when she was very near the end of the project, she was just missing a piece of Chinese music, and she found this two-and-a-half-thousand-year-old piece of Chinese music, and she knew that would be perfect. So she called up her NASA colleague, Carl Sagan. She called him up on the phone at 10.30 at night, and they spoke on the phone for an hour. And at the end of that hour-long phone call, Carl Sagan and Andrian were engaged, right? They weren't together at the start of the phone call. At the end of the phone call, they were engaged. This is completely true. Um, and they got married, and they stayed together until he died in 1996. And it even gets better than that, because she said to him, you know, uh, we're trying to, you know, recreate humanity on these records. And you and me, we're falling in love. And that's one of the most incredible, amazing human experiences we can have, right? So they also decided on these records, alongside the Birdsong, alongside the newborn baby, alongside Beethoven and Mozart and Johnny B. Good, right? There is also the sound of Carl Sagan and Andrian's heartbeats and their brainwaves when they were thinking about how amazing it was that of all the people on Earth, they'd found each other. And that's still making its way through the universe today. So happy Valentine's Day. This is called The Golden Record. If I could take down every inch of you in gold Engrave it in the metal of my soul And send it out to worlds beyond those known to find a cosmic gramophone No listener would ever understand The lightning bolts between two grains of sand Some people never witness shooting stars Most never know a love like ours And I didn't know That my heart was closed So you came to unlock it, yeah, you found the perfect song And I couldn't stop it, not for anyone So send it in a rocket, yeah, to play after I'm gone You're the plug that fits my socket All the lights came on If I could reach beyond the stars that we can see To sing for them a song of you and me No amount of any greatest hits Could explain the way it fits And if I could bottle every beat my heart has missed 
All that trembling in my hands when we first kissed How time and space and sense and circumstance Were gone when you began to dance And I didn't know That my heart was closed Till you came to unlock it, yeah, you found the perfect song And I couldn't stop it, not for anyone So send me in a rocket, yeah, to play after I'm gone You're the plug that fits my socket All the lights came on You're the plug that fits my socket All the lights came on That fits my socket And all my lights came on have been listening to The Guilty Feminist with me, Deborah Francis-White, guest co-host Steph Tisdall, and our very special guests, Amy Shepard, Monique Murphy, and Jessica Taylor, with music from Shepard and Grace Petrie. The producers were Tom Selinski for The Spontaneity Shop and Jeff Ring for Australian Comedy Management. Thanks to everyone at The Powerhouse, as well as all of you for listening. For more information about this and other episodes, visit guiltyfeminist.com. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take the microphone. Okay. I'm just putting it forward so you can speak if you want to. Okay. Um, oh, uh, I've got this book. It's called The Well of Loneliness. It's a lesbian classic I've never read. Great book, Travis. That's it. Uh, are there any men in the audience who would consider themselves a seven or above <laughs> who could now speak to whether or not that did the trick? <laughs> Just give us a cheer if you're a man who's a seven or above. <laughs> okay, uh, what, so what would you, what number would you give yourself? <laughs> this is not okay. None of this is okay. <laughs> Don't be replicating it. I'm not, I'm not okay with it. I find all of this objectionable and wrong. But, uh, but what number would you give yourself? <laughs> Not okay. Not okay. Would you say six at best? Sorry, six at best. Oh, but he's a Ron who's a seven. (laughs) Are you a Ron? So would you give yourself Ron? Ron and Monica? Ronica? Yeah. Okay. Great. So you're you're a. I see. I would say you're you're a solid seven and a half. It's not okay. It's not okay. I think we're going to have to edit this out because people are going to complain. Now, I'm, I'm very sorry. No. We'll probably leave it in because it's too funny. Um, but it's not okay. Uh, do you, how do you feel about... I'm not asking you to rate us individually, but as our... Did, did, did generally the glasses and hair, was it effective? It's working for me. It's working! Come on! Are you single? No, okay. You're, you're Is that di- not your girlfriend right next to you? Oh, okay. All right. 
this has just got a bit awkward. Yeah. It's okay. Right. Before he said, I'm a feminist, but I'm just here for the eye candy. And he made oh! <laughs> if you didn't hear that at the back, apparently, what's your name? Lloyd. Lloyd earlier said to his girlfriend, I'm a feminist, but I'm just here for the eye candy. <laughs> He said this before the show started, and he was apparently, according to his girlfriend, referring to me. <laughs> I should not be fine with that. I was just going to say, you're I'm like, this feminist. is not okay, but not I saw this little curved <laughs> smile. Like, this, that is, this is terrible. Terrible. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> not okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. I'm, I'm outraged. <laughs> And I'll be outraged tonight when I'm in bed about that as well. (laughs) This is gone, really. No, last night's show wasn't like this, Stefan. I think it's you. Thank you so much to all of our patrons, but especially those who are supporting us at the Smash the Patriarchy level or above. Valerie Marr, Sarah Belcher, John Quakoy, Sarah Brown, Ruby Rose Thompson, Sarah Boom, and Philip Engelhart. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com